what was this business about you sleeping on the floor on your back? And that's actually, you think that that's good for you or it is good oh, for you? Or well, like, I mean, it makes my we... back feel better or something does. I'm not saying correlation is causation, but I haven't really changed anything else. Like what about a mattress? Like what kind of mattress do you have? Do you have like uh, the firm mattress or the pillow? Uh, or... It's kind of firm, but it's not like, it's pretty average, pretty middle of the road. I've had it for like a few years now. I don't really know. I haven't paid much attention. All right. Well, but no, I'm not saying I do it like every night. It was basically like, oh, I wake up every morning and it's like, it's hard to get out of bed sometimes. So I was like, I got it. I'll just start sleeping on the floor because maybe I'll wake up and be like, fuck, dude, the floor sucks. I got to get up. But now nah, it's like, damn, I'm still pretty tired. I bet I could stay on the floor a little bit longer. Like humans are incredibly adaptable, but it's not always a good thing. No, you it's get not used always to, a good thing. And it, I, honestly, I feel like that's a pretty good metaphor for just like the past two years it's like we just get used to constant bullshit and constant fear and propaganda and it's like oh like we don't do anything about it it doesn't go away but we're just inoculated to it it's not good no 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 es frio man not cool (laughs) (laughs) that's right no es frio um (laughs) it's not even fucking cold here like there's every day i look at the buds on the trees and i'm like oh man like I feel like this isn't good. It's January. I mean, it's coming. It's we've coming. Had, we've, <laughs> had, we've had a few cold days. There was a couple mornings I woke up and it was fucking like 10 degrees outside. You can fuck off with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has been cold. Um, so it wasn't so bad today, though. No, no today was actually quite mild. Um, yeah, very mild. Oh, not too bad at all. I um I just had a conversation with Paul for B Town, and if he hears this, I want him to know that I'm a little sad, and I'm gonna explain why. Okay. So, Paul took a picture the other day. Paul text messages me through the day. We have a conversation. Um, it could be a different range of topics or what have you, and whatever's um whatever's poking at his brain, and we'll we'll talk about that. And um. He uh, sent me a message with a picture of his bookcase. That he's going to get rid of all these books. And I'm like, yeah, what about the two that you still haven't read that I got for you? Um, and uh, he said, well, eventually I'm going to get rid of everything. Paul, if you decide to get rid of the books that I bought for you, just give them back to me. Right. And I'll re- recycle them in the, in, in the used guys library. Like the like, last I- thing I want, go ahead. Kind of an insult. Like, oh, I gave you these books and you're going to get rid of them. I mean, I, I was a little I, disappointed, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I was like, I picked these out for you because I thought they'd be pretty good for you and educational. And it's like, I'm going to get rid of them. Like, I don't know, maybe because I'm a, a weirdo, but I just don't get rid of books. I still have the Communist Manifesto from when I, I was a commie as a kid. Yeah, you know? I, I'm just like a, a bit of a collector as it is. I like to have things like and collect. Yeah. Them. So like I, I have a very hard time like. Like I'm, I'm by no means a pack rat. My house is clean. You've been to my house, Jay. So can't yeah. confirm. Yeah, can't not confirm. not a pack rat, but like sometimes you know when you get like a like something new and you get that box and you're like, you know, it's a pretty nice box. I think I'm gonna keep that box. Yeah, for just no discernible case. reason, just a just, hunch, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I come it from a long line of hoarders. It's terrible. No, nah, I mean like I keep like I collect books, I collect comics, I got toys video games i'm a man child leave me be <laughs> i was no there, there's no criticism here so 
And then Paul tell, tells me today, as I'm on the uh, on the bus coming home from work, that he started an audio book. And I'm like, you started an audio book, but you haven't finished the other two books that I got for you. So I, I, my feelings, Paul, are, are very hurt. And um, <laughs> I still love you, but I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, I, that's I'm a little disappointed. Christopher Hitchens awaits you. And uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens is uh, not somebody you want to wait on. It's just it's good for you. He's good for right. you. He's good for you. Um, uh, shout out to our sponsor, GorseNexus.com, uh, the premier sponsor of this show that nobody listens to. Um, how's everybody doing, man? Like last time we talked, uh, everybody was sick. Uh, as you, those of you have not heard Angel's voice, uh, she quit the show. Um, <laughs> it's a mutiny. If she's out, uh, she's had enough of my bullshit and everybody else's. That's not true. She called in sick and she only gets uh, two sick days a year on the show. Um, I mean, even though she's the boss, she still has to abide by uh, these guys' rules. Um, so big call off. Um, so you just got us three's guys, Yin's guys. Um, it's already taking effect on you being in Pittsburgh. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Yin's. I Yin's. say you tell me, you tell me that you start liking that river rat pizza, Jay. I haven't seen it. guys in that podcast. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that pizza here. Like all I've seen, like the food here in the Berg is very good. In fact, I mean, I've, been, I've been to Pittsburgh. There's definitely some good places to oh, eat. Oh, yeah. But they do have that. I think the place is called DeCarlo's. That's where the that that's the place that has the Ohio Valley pizza. Consider yeah. it avoided. Right. You prejudice. see a place called DeCarlo's. You no. do not want to go in there. That is river rat trash fucking pizza. <laughs> oh, no. I trust me, my friend. I would not lie to you. I, I find have you have you have you found like any. Any like cool spots to eat yet? Like I know you've only been there. What like this is only like what your second week? No, I haven't found anything because I've been on a budget. Uh, um, I haven't had the money to spend, so I uh, my wife was nice enough to take me to Aldi and um, load up the cart and stuff while I'm out here. I'm working on getting uh, to the point where I'm going to be doing some mostly remote work for my particular job function, which is really good. So that'll be nice. But uh, while I'm here, I'm actually in the hood. Um, I'm in a uh, neighborhood with five abandoned houses. Oh, uh, there's a, there's um, crackheads uh, scuttering about. Like, <laughs> you know what, man? Like, nobody is, no people have bothered me, not one. That's good. That's and like, good. I'm always on the swivel when I walk outside. Like, my toilet is in the basement of the house, which is not very good because, like, I'm I'm a water aficionado, which means at eleven o'clock at night, I'm sucking down a huge cup of water. So then I had to start bringing the pee bottle with me <laughs> rather two- than go down to the basement. Oh, cause then I'm awake. Uh, yeah. I got you. Then yeah. I'm awake. I, say, I, I always keep like a bottle of water by my bedside too. Cause like you ever get that where you like wake up and it's like two 30 in the morning and you're like, yeah, and you just need something to drink and you don't yeah. want to get out of bed. Cause like you no. said, you get out of bed, it's you're over. awake. It's over. You're awake. Yeah. No, so. it's no good. Now, when I'm at home, my, my turlet is right by uh, the master bedroom. So it's a quick three steps. I'm in, I offload and I climb back into bed. Uh, my dog doesn't even try to take my spot. Um, like it's a very quick operation, but here, like, first of all, when you're living by yourself in the hood, um, I carry my weapon 
everywhere with me. I borrowed one from one of the people I saw on the street because I lost all of mine. I'll probably lose this in the Allegheny River. It's right over there. Um, I could see it. I could see Russia from my house. No, I could see the Allegheny <laughs> from my house. Um, but uh, I, I, t- I take my weapon everywhere with me in the house because it's like if I'm in the turlet downstairs, not to mention, by the way, I'll have to send you guys, uh, the pictures. So the turlet is downstairs in the basement. So is the shower. Now, it's not the kind of shower that you're expecting. It's the shower that has this corrugated tin at like they made like three walls and the floor is the basement floor oh and hell yeah dude dude i hit my head on the pipes and there's cobwebs above me while i'm showering and then i get weird right then every noise i hear is someone trying to come in and break in and take my stuff so like when i'm washing my hair i'm washing my hair and i'm getting my hair did like i have to do it quickly because every when single I noise yeah, I'm like I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna fucking shoot somebody. Like they think they're gonna catch me while I'm br- I'm washing my hair. You you are mistaken. Like you some are pe- mistaken. Some people have shower beers. Jay has shower guns. <laughs> Not ashamed. I mean, the rest of my guns are already wet and sunk in the water. This one might as well get a little bit True. wet before True. I lose the it. warm up. Yeah, I mean, clearly conditioning the weapon, but it's you know it's fresh water. There won't be a lot of. Um, Somebody will find it and use it in a crime. I don't care. It's none of my business. Um, not Your really. I'm, will be long gone. I don't think you want to jump in the Allegheny River from where I'm standing. I could tell you that right now. Like, ooh, no. There are fishing spots east of here that are brilliant. There's a lot of excellent places to fish around here. But as you get like, there are still there are steel mills right next to it, and they're dumping shit in the water. Like, I'm you know they're dumping shit in the water. No good. You no good. Jump in and grow out with an extra junk. Come out with an extra set of arms. <laughs> yeah, no, it's we already Increased have production. That. We have that at the with the Cuyahoga River back in the motherland. I don't need to quantify my problems with somebody else's toxic waste. I like my own. Thank <laughs> you. Um, you know, but um, yeah. So big news today. Uh, there is a big announcement. It's not from the show. It's from um, their lordships on the Supreme Court. Comrade Biden's uh, vaccine mandate uh, got uh, struck down with the exception being um, people who healthcare. are healthcare workers that are with working with people, Medicaid and Medicare. So if you're involved in that kind of federal work or in a facility, then you, you, you it still applies. It's a lot of them. Yeah, that covers a lot of bases, I thought. So or at least I everything mean, around here, I'm pretty sure. Like, I can't I mean, speak for the entire country. The um, the Supremes get it right once in a while, and um, they didn't get this all the, the way right. The Supremes, um, uh, they uh, they also I forget they heard something else today and they ruled five to four. The other one was six to three. Uh, the vax mandate was six to three. I think it was Sotomayor, uh, Kagan, and Breyer. Big fucking shock, the three of them who dissented. Right. Um, from that opinion, I, I think uh, who was I, th- I think it was Sotomayor that was she was like I I forget what news network it was probably on several of them but she was with like Nancy Pelosi who fucking paints her eyebrows on all surprised but anyway Sotomayor <laughs> had like she had like the face mask and the plexiglass like face shield on so it's like yeah like her her vote her decision does not surprise me. <laughs> I mean, not these, shocked these are the these are the actions of, of people who ha- are seriously mentally handicapped and like that they shouldn't 
they shouldn't be in charge of anything. I mean, really, I mean, truly, I mean, this is, I, I work with a lady who does the face shield and the double mask. And she told me, well, I, I'm going to give her credit, Chris. And I'm going to tell you why. So she tells me, she says, I, I have a daughter going abroad in three weeks. And I absolutely can't get sick because then she'll get sick and then she won't be able to travel. And this is apparently she's going for school. Like she's actually going to study abroad. So I was like, you know what? Okay. I mean, you still look like a lunatic. And she admitted that she looked like a lunatic. And therefore I accept this behavior because she owns it. You know what I mean? She knows it's not normal. I I suppose, you know, I mean, (laughs) Is it still weird? Yeah, I mean, it's still. Oh, it's absolutely fucking weird. I yeah. mean, like, like I get it just because of the circumstance. And if she gets sick, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It'll be like, ah, oh, COVID, ah, you know, right, <laughs> right. Fucking start, start reading, <laughs> start reading. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> You can't but, even uh, sneeze anymore, man. I mean, it's been like that for a while. 68 days to flatten the curve. <laughs> no, you can't. And if you see, like I noticed too, here in the in the, the Soviet uh, Socialist Republic of Allegheny County, I noticed that um, when you're walking down the street, like I have to take the bus. Otherwise, I got to park. I got to park and pay $12 a day to park my car. Yikes. So I take, uh, it's $2.75 for the ride in it takes me right to the corner of where my office is where i work and um i uh, noticed the other day as i was coming out to the bus stop uh that uh, when people you have you have to wear a face fucking thing to ride public transportation it won't let you on right but when you're walking to there i've noticed people like will walk further away from me as they pass because i'm not wearing one and to me that really like Bro, if I cracked a fart, you would smell it. And if you could smell my fart, then that mask is useless. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. The fecal colanders are already going up your nose. So the the COVID is getting in. So I don't know what you're worried about. But um, yeah, the the mass psychosis thing I'm starting to see is probably being more true than than anything else. Did that dude, did he get banned? Did he get banned off Twitter? Uh, The doctor that Joe Rogan... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they yeah. all did. Yeah, he got banned off Twitter. So the guy who invented the mRNA vaccine, who you know, who invented it, like made it, and is saying like, "Hey, they're fucking this all up, and they're not being genuine about any of this shit." Gotta go. Gotta go. Well, no, so that's good. like, yeah. Are we? Are we going over the articles that yeah, we let's have it? Let's fucking go already. Let's have it. All right. Well, I mean, the one was talking about uh, hold on, because I wrote stuff down. But no, there's like all the pressure on Spotify now for censoring Joe Rogan because it's like, oh, any dissenting opinion at all or any outside source of information is detrimental to pe- public health and safety and faith in science. And they're talking about like how Joe Rogan's stuff has already been pulled off of YouTube. And like, if you listen, cause I listened to a few of the podcasts and he's like, Oh, like it's not even censorship. It's like, I'm only exclusively to be on Spotify. So that's why YouTube's pulling stuff. Like that's what he said. At least it's not like they're trying to censor everything. I have no fucking idea, but like, they're not able to use that material, I guess. Is that the sounds way that, like bullshit to me. I mean, yeah, that's what Joe said, dude. Like I, I mean, don't know. Spotify is already pulled. Like Spotify itself has pulled a few of his episodes. Specifically yeah, Alex so, Jones ones. Yeah. So like, but there's more than censoring him. But 
And then let's see, they, in the article, it says like over 270 scientists and healthcare workers have signed an open letter to call for like the suppression of the shit on Joe Rogan's show. But it's like, I want to, that I want to see, I hate being the guy that's like, Oh, source. Like, do you have a fucking source? But it's like, I mean, 270 scientists at what level? 270 healthcare workers. Like, is it like a fucking janitor that works in a hospital somewhere? And it's like, Oh yeah, you're a healthcare worker. Like, indirectly show me, like, their, show me their voting records yeah it's yeah. like well i wrote harder <laughs> fucking research papers in high school dude you can't just say this shit and expect it to hold or at least that's like the teachers that i had were like yeah you gotta you gotta bring more than this you gotta you can't just blanket term the shit out of this you can't just use anecdotal evidence which is like all they're saying that joe's doing anyway so it's like why why is it so bad if he's saying that if none of it's legitimate anyway like why is it so bad that people are listening to it like you should be able to judge on your own whether or not it's worth listening to or believing but it's like no we can't have people having the ability to choose anything anymore there's one solution everything else is wrong or like go fuck yourself yeah and it's bad shit crazy like and it's like they put themselves in an incredibly advantageous position where it's like oh it comes down to public health and if you're if you say anything that goes against like public health how can you not look like an asshole like it's incredibly hard to defend that position even if it is for rights but that's just the way everybody looks at it and it's like oh everybody else has already done this why can't you do you understand how you are the piece of shit right now and it's like oh man like there's no there's no winning there's no like do you even want to be able to reason with people like that i don't know like it's just a lot lonelier and shit it's scary because like people in large groups that don't deserve any kind of power end up having all of it. Mm-hmm. And like, who knows what they're going to do next? Like, this isn't just going to end. Nope. This isn't going to, this isn't just going to fade away. This is just the start of something else. The only hope that I have looking at it from a positive point of view, and by the way, I am a died in the wool pessimist. Um, I can't help that. Um, I know that we're supposed to fight cynicism and, it's My hard, cynicism man. wins a lot of those battles, but I don't see any way out of this other than literally a national divorce where covetarians who want to live in this dystopian shitscape that they've created have their own space. And those of us who are like, listen, we only get one crack at this. You already took a, you're, you're on almost three years of taking away people's lives. Um, we don't want to live like this, but you know, yeah. the problem is, When we see people who talk about, well, you know, uh, your conformity is is continuing this. Okay, well, listen, we all know what solution it would be the only solution that I like. I hate that. Like, I hate to break it to people and I'm not going to you know say what it is. But those of you know what I'm talking about involves Nerf guns and walls. Um, That's the only solution to these problems. I'm sorry. I'm not advocating for it, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I mean, the Christopher in the group chat, we were having a conversation about this and how I, I, I really had like, you know, yeah, they're tr- like Europe is trying to say it's we're going to have to deal with this. Like certain countries in the European Union are talking about this being an endemic disease, such as the flu, where it's just something that you're going to have to live with that, you know, we need to move on. And maybe it's because, you know, they are like at this point, they could call the shots because they already won. Like a lot of people lose sight, not anybody on this show, but everybody seems to be losing sight that the, that the largest wealth transfer in the history of the human race has already taken place. 
Look at the power that the state holds over individuals from riding public transport with a face cover um, to like, uh, what is it, um, teachers unions basically a holding hostage, which is fine. I don't think the kids should be in school anyway. Who would want to go to public school in fucking Cook County, Illinois? It's beside me. Like, I, I, I don't even want to set one fucking dirty toenail in Cook County, Illinois. I've been to Chicago. It's a beautiful Probably. city. Probably nicer fucking prisons. <laughs> uh, truly. I mean, at, at some point, they're indistinguishable. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, the great people of Chicago, look at what's happened to them. Look at the great people of Detroit. You know, we always make fun of Michigan because, you know, the motherland doesn't like Michigan and vice versa. But it, it, all jokes aside, you know, these are decent people who have had their livelihoods railroaded for 40 fucking years, but they keep, you know, voting for the same people and they gerrymander and gerrymander to make sure that, you know, only one political party is ever going to win any votes until they get thrown in jail for embezzling the taxpayers money like they do in Cuyahoga County. Okay. The same garbage. All right. There's no winning. There's no, there's no political solution. There's no voting. There's none of the people have been voting. How how long are people going to have to carry on voting? Well, and say, yeah. oh, we're going to fix the fucking problem. We're going to vote in uh, Ron DeSantis right. and he's going to get in there. Like <laughs> if Ron DeSantis runs for president, he's a fucking idiot. He already is the governor of a state that is seeing a massive influx of people. They call it the free state of Florida for a reason, because they don't play the game. Like that's a good model. Why would you want to go to Washington when you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez waiting for you and I all the special interests? She got the COVID. And even though she was down in Florida without a mask, criticizing the same policies that she was enjoying uh, being maskless in the free state of Florida instead of right. fucking stifling to death in some shitty bodega in the Bronx. That or whatever. fucking bug-eyed hypocritical bitch. What a dumb bitch. I, <laughs> yes, you know something? I, I, I can't even deal with it. I can't. Learjet Marxist. Like, she's, did she go? Why didn't she go to fucking Cuba? Why right. did she go down to Havana and hang out with the commies down there? No, she right. went to my she went to Miami to have a good yeah, time because my... it's in the United States of America and the Jeez. Cuban sandwich. I mean, you can actually get one in Miami as opposed to down in Havana, where there is no Cuban sandwich because people are fucking starving to death because they have ration cards. But, you know, whatever. Enjoy yeah. the vacation, you dumb fucking buck tooth bitch. She didn't pay attention. And she's a. Do you know, she's an economics major. She's a fucking economics major. What is she? Did she miss the classes? She must have. Well, Jeez. I mean, this is assuming that, like, it's weird because it's like you can never truly get inside somebody's head. Like, what if this is just the world's biggest grift and she's just like, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care how many people think I'm fucking stupid because it's like I still came here. I still get to act like I'm toeing the line every fucking day, but I'm making much more money than I ever did before mm -hmm. half the country or however many people back her. I don't fucking know. Still think that like I'm out here making a difference. And it's like, I don't technically have to do any work. I get a fuck ton of money. I get all this publicity. I can go wherever I want. And it's like, I, I think about this, not this exact point a lot, but touching on like people that have been fucked for at least the last 45 years, still doing the same exact thing. It's like, where on the bell curve do you fall? Are you one of the people that never like, experienced the wake-up call that is like our reality and you just never entertain those thoughts or are you like oh like i've seen the light whatever but then also realize there's nothing really that i can do about it so i'm still going to go back to just kind of doing nothing and minding my own fucking business mm -hmm. and then it's like all these people that are kind of in the middle like oh man like maybe there's another way out of this but i don't know but 
thinking about uh, who was it that did aristocracy or uh, aristocracy to democracy or whatever the hell. Oh, uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe. Yeah. And it talks about, I need to reread that, but it seems like a lot lately I've been thinking like we, it's a representative democracy and we're told, or at least when I was growing up and going through school and everything, like adults, teachers, your parents, whoever, they tell you like, nobody knows better than you do about what to do with your own life and all this shit. And like, no one has more agency over you than yourself. But then like, they constantly contradict that line of thinking everywhere. It's like, oh, unless they're the police, unless they're a doctor, unless they're a teacher. It's like, where, where the fuck did all of this start unraveling? And it's like, you get to the point where it's like, all of, the, all of us are supposedly equal. No one has right to tell anybody else what to do except for these people that we elected from a pool of all of the same people that aren't supposed to be able to tell us what to do and what to think. Like they are allegedly no different than you and I, but then they get elected into prominence. And then all of a sudden it's a complete game changer. We're not allowed to mm -hmm. fucking do anything. They know what's best. They like, and they say like, okay, direct democracy was bad because there isn't enough time for everybody to weigh in on all of the issues. And it's like, well, maybe there's too many issues. Maybe no one should be fucking doing this. Like, if we can't do it directly, we shouldn't be fucking with any of this shit at all. It's too big of a country. We get back into the same, like, oh, it's all going to fall apart mentality. But it's like, at the end of the day, is divine, is there any difference between this and divine right? It's people that still allegedly have no agency over you ending up with it. One person just says, hey, I'm going to go do this. And then the other person is like, hey, you should vote for me. And then I'm going to go do all this. It just sounds like a bunch of fucking extra steps is basically what I'm getting at. It's like, it's the slavery with extra steps. Meme. No matter how you fucking cut it, you're outsourcing all responsibility for you yourself to other people and then expecting them to have your best interests at stake. But it's like, no, you didn't even have your best interest at stake because, or at heart because you handed it off to somebody else. So then it's like, did we deserve this? Uh, I don't know if we deserved it or not. I mean, H.L. Mencken will tell you that uh, the average American voter uh, deserves to get it good and hard um you know for what they vote for and i think that you know largely he's he's right um and i'm paraphrasing of course but uh you know to get back to like for example there you know people are talking like i think in israel they're doing four shots now yeah they're working on the fourth one right now they're or they've already done it it's something to do with four so the first three were largely ineffective like i i got a polio vaccine i haven't caught polio <laughs> But right, <laughs> I don't and know what that's all about. I mean, there's all the there's people in Africa that got the live polio vaccine and then it mutated in the pill form or whatever, and then they actually all just yeah. got polio anyway. Listen, uh, this is this is not an anti-vax show. I am not an anti-vaxer. In fact, um, the book that I was telling uh, you guys about that Paul needs to read, which is "God Is Not Great" by Christopher Hitchens, he talks specifically about an instance in West Africa where um, aid workers were going in to give polio vaccine under the tongue for children. Um, it's a liquid, it's not even an injection. And um, some Muslim religious leaders went in and said that this is to make uh, Muslim children sterile, that this is, you know, the devil, this, that, and the other thing. And guess what happened? There was a fucking polio outbreak amongst children in this particular part of the continent. So this is, I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like I'm like, but what I'm trying to say is like, I got a polio vaccine and I have not yet to contract polio. In fact, everybody I know that's had a polio vaccine has not contracted polio. But four shots of this goddamn shit, and it's still no guarantee. <laughs> right, and everybody's still getting sick. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm well, sincerely flummoxed. Like, well, yeah. I, 
And that's like all the, there was that other article specifically for Akron, like Akron Children's Hospital. Putting yeah, a bunch get of into that. Unpaid, unpaid, they put a, an undisclosed number of workers on unpaid leave for not falling in line with vaccine requirements. But it's like they, at, at first at the top of the article, they're like, there's going to be government fines and like they won't receive Medicare, Medicaid money or whatever mm-hmm. if they don't have 100% vaccine status across the board. And then right under that, they're like, but like the decision was made based on uh, like global research data that says like the vaccine uh, reduces like infection rates and like, or keeps people from being hospitalized. But it's like, you're laying out your entire financial incentive and then underlining it with like all of this stuff. But it's like, I mean, people are still getting sick. They're still getting hospitalized. And then everybody, I, like, again, it's like a pointless argument to make because people are going to be like, oh, well, it's at a lower rate than it would have been otherwise. And it's like, well, there's no way to prove that because like we already fucked the pool. Like there's no, mm-hmm. there's no contrary argument to be had because there's not enough people that have remained a control. And it's like, well, I don't know what you do then. It's just a bunch of people calling each other assholes because they disagree. No one wants to change their point of view. And it's like, there is no objective data. If there ever was, there definitely isn't now. People have been lied to for so long and they're bitter about how many times they've been fucked in the past. And then they're going up against a group of people that has never questioned anything. And there's no way to reconcile the two. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you hit it on the head. I don't know how else, uh, what else to say, you know, to build upon that i mean i guess we could but um you know it's 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 very interesting and by the way speaking of getting fucked over i watched um senator ted cruz who was not born in the united states he was born in canada um i'm sure that'll be interesting when he runs for president again um well you don't need an IV, id to vote anymore they'll get there eventually right or that did you, you never needed a, i never well i registered to vote once but i didn't really do anything no you you've 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 never had to have an id okay vote you do need one to purchase a firearm and have a background check though which is drink beer which is highly unconstitutional yeah you could die for your country at 17 and a half though so enjoy that um but this is all common knowledge so how about this i watched senator uh ted cruz talk to some uh, some twat from the FBI, the domestic terrorist organization known as the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Um, and they could not confirm whether or not a certain person they said was an activist was, in fact, a federal agent. They could not comment. They, could, they did not deny it, but they could not confirm it. So all of the conspiracy theories and the theorists behind them who have been telling you that the pooched that we talked about last week, and though we're not going to get into a great deal of detail with that. So just calm down before everybody gets worked up. I'm sick of talking about it too. It was a non-event, but it was enough to get them started to get them all the, riled up. The glowies that, you know, that were there just like the, the last rally that they had, it looked like the tiki torch fuckers were back with the khakis. Oh, everybody in the slacks, or yeah, walking yeah. around like it's they all, all dressed the same. It's, They're all federal but prove it. They'll never admit to it. Prove it for the people that the government would never lie. The government would never put their own citizens at risk. Like convince that crowd. Do it. Uh, everything that's been exposed is all alleged. Like there's no, there's no concrete evidence. Allegedly. Allegedly, of course. But uh, I heard. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and friends of the podcast that your government 
is now putting together a, uh, the Department of Justice is putting together an ant, a counter domestic terrorism unit. So, and they're running war games. And I hear that the Secret Service, or not the Secret Service, Special Forces, I beg your pardon, is yeah. involved with combating, quote, domestic terrorism. In North Carolina, they're going to be running drills. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I thought that's what you were referencing. I didn't know the location, but let's look oh. at it real quick. Uh, well, I mean, look. they do, they set up shit on bases for war games all the time, but this is like, they're highlighting the domestic terrorism portion of it now, I guess. There's so a it's reason. like, well, There's yeah, I would imagine. And they're building a concrete wall around the White House or some shit too now, right? Didn't you guys see that? Yes, I did. I don't know. They, I don't like. They should fill it with sand <laughs> from Iraq and the million dead hey, that the, gun, uh, the country left behind. Sand, um, some bones. Yeah. Children's bones, whatever. Yeah. And have so, you seen, oh shit, sorry. No, 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 that's all right. It says the Justice Department says it's setting up a new domestic terrorism unit to help tackle what officials say is an escalating threat posed by violent extremists. They're mostly peaceful, DOJ. The announcement was made Tuesday by Matthew Olson, the head of the department's National Security Division, and comes as the nation faces a constellation what a, this is some good writing, constellation of extremist threats on the home front. The threat posed by domestic terrorism is on the rise, Olson said in a testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee. The number of FBI investigations of suspected violent extremists has more than doubled since the spring of 2020, most of them run by the FBI. Uh, to uh, help counter the growing threat, Olson said he's establishing the new domestic terrorism unit within the National Security Division. This group of dedicated attorneys will focus on the domestic terrorism threat, helping to ensure that those cases are properly handled and effectively coordinated across DOJ and around the country, he said. Olson added that the new unit will augment the work of counterterrorism attorneys in the National Security Division, who already work on both domestic and international terrorism cases. The announcement comes as the Justice Department investigates the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol an assault that senior officials have called domestic terrorism. So now what could be considered just a and e and maybe, I don't know, uh, what, what we call it? Um, what happens when you tag a building and you get caught? What, what is that? What, 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 kind of, what kind of crime is that? It's a misdemeanor, right? Like vandalism? Yeah. yeah, vandalism, right? So now that vandalism and B&E is domestic terrorism. So if anybody breaks into my hovel here in the hood, I want them charged with domestic terrorism because they are terrorizing me as I sit on the basement toilet on the cold floor. Um, it's not a hate crime, but I hated it. <laughs> so listen to this. So this guy almost was the, uh, the, the Obama nomination for the Supreme Court. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has said that the January 6th investigation is one of the largest, most complex, and most resource-intensive probes up your ass in American history. But the growing challenge posed by domestic violent extremism is also evidenced by a series of deadly attacks in recent years, including El Paso, Texas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Charleston, South Carolina. We're, so We're going to get to the absolute bottom of this, but like the Vegas shooting nothing that bomb that went off in like nashville nothing like, <laughs> like what, 
sweat bomb in Nashville. Yeah, like Vegas people like, shooting. What are you talking no, about? Absolutely not. Those are just fireworks at a country concert. <laughs> I uh, cannot ever get enough of the Vegas shooting stuff because it is truly a fucking mystery. Like that one. That one is that one doesn't sit right with anybody like that's just no. vanished. Like just, the, the, the base narrative, like just doesn't even make sense. Like, no, but the like, brother you says can't he tell me that it. somebody was like bringing in like cases and cases of weapons and like nobody noticed. Hurricane proof glass, like yeah, hundreds of pounds of it. Like, no, like he just rolls in through the front door of the fucking belt fed M60. I'd like to get a room. I only need it for one night. Well, no, it wasn't even the story wasn't even that he was using belt fed weapons. It was supposed I, I, to be was, a bunch it, of it fucking was, AR-15s or some shit. Like, it was hype. It was hyperbole. I, I got he you. wasn't using belt fed But weapons. it's fucking I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's like the the brother's like, oh, he never would have done this. This is incredibly out of character. Boom. Next day, like two terabytes of child porn on his fucking computer. Oh, and yeah. It's just like, oh, right. like, yeah, like. Again, it's yeah, (laughs) it's but it's like it it keeps working. No one wants to touch it. No one wants to defend the guy that might have just downloaded two terabytes of child porn. Like, I can't say that I would want to defend that guy. No, it's plutonium. No one wants to fucking go near it. Yeah, that's a good point is finding a good defense attorney. And the fact that like when you if you don't take the plea deal. And then you get that in front of a jury. And you know how the jury is going to feel already. Like you're accused of having you're in possession of uh, sensitive material where children are being harmed. Yeah. And anybody Shit. that's ever had a weird thought about you in their life is going to be like, ah, oh, like maybe, maybe I can see it. He acted okay. kind of weird not, like a month ago. Like, why not? Like the real pedophiles <laughs> who constantly rape and hurt children are members of the clergy of a specific religion that's headed out of Rome. And the people who occupy uh, the District of Columbia who pass laws against you and I and collect uh, tax money and send children off to go die in stupid wars and kill kids who are collecting water. Those are the pedophiles and they'll never. That's what I'm trying to say. Like we circle back eventually to this. There's no fixing this. There's no fixing this. What am I advocating for? I'm not going to say it here. But you all know what I'm talking about. Well, did you see, did you see, was it the USA Today, like article that came out, I think it was yesterday that it got posted and it was like them trying to redefine like what pedophilia is and that it's like, and then like they immediately took it down and everybody's like, nope, I got the screenshots right here. Like USA Today, what the fuck are you actually doing? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, fuck, there was, oh, and then every, it's one of the funnier things from the Gillay Maxwell trial. It's like, yeah, she was the only person or the first person to get convicted of like trafficking children to nobody. Like nobody knows where they were going. Yep. Like nobody knows who else was involved. She was just fucking dropping them off somewhere. Didn't know who the buyer was. No, like, and we'll never know. There is no way I think that she is in any prison whatsoever. There's no way. She's probably back on that island. Yeah, she was just the fall guy. Like, yeah, they're like the public wants somebody. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna give them like, you. Yeah, you know, we gotta seal the details of this case. You know, that's right. It's too sensitive. Like the public doesn't need to know this, but the, you know, we got her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah problem solved. Rest easy. Yeah, problem Justice, all done. You know, has been served. It's that's all right. done. Epstein we got totally him. killed himself, and we got we got Glenn. 
you know. <laughs> right. Just like Iraq not, had weapons to of see mass over destruction. Here. Yeah, no. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I remember when they got when they killed Saddam Hussein, I remember being in elementary school and they had somebody come in and talk to our class. I think it was like a veteran, somebody that was like in Iraq and they came over and were like talking about how they found him. Like they found him hiding in a hole underground or something and they were going to hang him and that it was like a great victory. And we were like children, dude. And they're just talking about hanging some guy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's so weird to think back on stuff like that and be like, why were they bringing these people in the fucking talk to us in elementary school? Like, and then it's like, I didn't know what drugs were until the dare program. And it was like all, all that fucking shit. Like, uh, it's all very bizarre. There, there has been a concentrated and concerted war against you and everybody you love since the minute they came into this, into this uh, country to the minute they were born to the, uh, to the minute that they took their first steps into kindergarten and all the way up through the public education system. And you know what? I'm not going to come out and say all teachers are bad people. I'm not going to play that game. Um, I've had, I had three in 12 years that I could tell you actually made a positive impact on my life and they were good people. Three. Well, that's like nobody. 12 years. That's like, it's everybody's combative logic to conspiracy theories. They're like, oh, if this were really true, like hundreds of thousands of people would have to know what was going on. And it's like, no, the fuck they wouldn't, dude. Nobody, nobody knew that Operation Mockingbird was happen, happening. Those fucking journalists didn't know shit. Nobody in any bit, go to any Fortune 500 company and ask most of the people that work there what the fuck they're actually doing. Nobody knows. Everybody has one fucking job. One department has one fucking goal. And everybody else is like, I have no fucking idea what these other people over here are doing. Mm -hmm. That's for somebody up there to know about. And they probably still have no fucking clue. And it's like, I don't understand why that's such a hard thing for people to understand. You go to anywhere that anybody works and ask like a basic question. It's like, I don't know. I just work here. Like that's, it's not, it's above my pay grade. It's another fucking department. You mm -hmm. send them somewhere else to go talk to somebody else. They get there and it's like, oh, you got to go talk to this other guy. And it's all, oh, I can't, nobody can do a single complete task start to finish on their own anyway. It's a complete compartmentalization. It's, it's an assembly line for information and nobody has the complete puzzle. You have access to more information than you will ever know what to do with, but you will never be able to make sense out of any of it. No, that's true, man. And, and listen to this. So like the bread and circuses, um, which is not a new trick. It's an old trick that's been around for several thousand years. Check this out. So a decorated United States Air Force airman is the latest in a long line of military personnel to report strange unidentified flying objects, apparently taking an interest in nuclear weapons facilities. Former <laughs> USAF nuclear weapons technician Adrian Reister uh, sounds like a Nazi to me, but whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. Just Reister kidding. The shyster. That's You're right. born in Argentina. <laughs> my my German cousin uh, was stationed at White Man Air Force Base. It's all fitting together now. White Man Air Force Base. Adrian is it, is Heister. It, yeah. Is it one word like a name, or is it yeah. like White Man Space in the middle? No, it's not the White Man. It's Whiteman. Okay. Whiteman. Still um, Air Force Base, Missouri between 2003 and 2007, had an extensive knowledge of the aircraft that operated from the base, including the highly advanced B-2 Spirit Stealth Bomber. But on at least two occasions, he saw a UFO that didn't look or move like any known type of aircraft. 
Reister was part of a team that maintained the nuclear weapons base, trained in their handling as well as providing security when they were moved around the base. Okay. So, and then there's a picture of this fucking guy. Um, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes, young kid. Uh, he describes a bizarre experience he had while he was supervising the movement of one of the devastating devices within white man base stressing that he was in a state of high alertness because of the nature of the task at hand. There's 37 year old told the liberation times. I noticed a light or orb hovering uh, on the top of the tree line. I thought it was just a star at the time, but as I continued surveilling the area, the light slash orb shot above the treetops and hung there for some time. Maybe it was a satellite, I thought, but then just as a transport team arrived to secure the weapon, the orb bounced a little in the sky, then shot to the left, which is the north, then shot 90 degrees straight up and disappeared. He had a similar experience at the base sometime later, noting that he saw a single glowing orb glowing with what he described as a yellowish white color. But that isn't the strangest experience the Nazi had while stationed at the nuclear base. In the summer of 2006, while working a night shift maintaining a dummy practice bomb, the nuclear weapons tech encountered what he described as a shadow person. First, he heard footsteps, but not the familiar sound of one of his Air Force comrades in standard issue combat boots. The mysterious intruder appeared to be padding around the high security base barefooted. After hearing the footsteps a couple of times, he got up to investigate and had a chilling encounter with something that was not entirely human. I saw what I can't really describe as anything other than a black mass in a shape of a person standing at six foot, he said. I don't know how many meters that is for those of you who use the other system of measurement. I don't know what that is and I don't care. It's like 1.8, right? I have no idea. It could be a million feet. I don't know. I I don't know what that is in meters. Um, Not really a shadow, but something that was slightly blurry and didn't reflect any light. The base is well guarded at all times, and it's almost impossible for an unauthorized person to gain access to its sensitive inner areas undetected. So what we're looking at here is yet more distractions, right? Because every time something gets serious, there's aliens involved. Like they're going to like, remember, they they started rolling out alien shit when people when the people started getting agitated and and they're upset. They're like, well, well, I think they're like. Todd, who runs Todd's Gay Soap, says that the aliens have been here the whole time. It sounds like a Randy Quaid quote from Independence Day, um, the documentary that was in 1994. Like um, I had it all figured out, man. Maybe they have been here the whole time, but like this is the problem that I have with aliens, just like the simulation theory. I, I'm, I'm ready to buy into the simulation theory. I'm ready to buy in. I am. It's the metaverse, um, dude. <laughs> But um, do you think this simulation could throw me a little bit of money once in a while? I mean, seriously, like, right. this doesn't hurt anybody. Like, why are you doing this? Like, like can I get some money without having to kill some hookers? Jay, Jesus this Christ. entire thing, this entire thing hinges completely upon you specifically being poor and miserable the entire time. <laughs> you know? Right? Like, what? A, this is a simulation. This simulation fucking sucks. My Have kid, you ever... Have my you kid ever heard gets the- so mad about it when I say that because I'm like, watch the lights, the light's gonna turn red right now because they know I'm on the road. And sure enough, it does. And I go, <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he goes, You need to stop. That's ridiculous. I'm like, no, it's not. It's it's fact. all it's all the synchronicity, like all the sl- like oh fuck, double slit experiment, like 
if a tree like it's all the paradoxical shit when it's like yeah right as you're on the verge of figuring something out you're gonna break through to the other side it's like shit will never like you swear you saw something but the second you go to show anybody else it's gone and they're like ah dude you're fucking crazy man and it's just like like there's just nothing to do you just gotta sit there and be like ah like all right till next time dude like whatever the fuck you are like i'll talk to you later like it's just it's the way it is it's the fucking goblin universe like it puts on a different mask and goes away like have you have you read about that at all i don't know what you're talking about oh shit the whole theory behind the goblin universe was like i mean some guy wrote it and he died and was like too embarrassed to publish it hold up what what in the fuck is goblin you this is like i have to explain a little bit before it's going to make sense it's like go that on, kind take of, your time go explain well, it basically it, with it talks specifically about like cryptids like bigfoot the loch ness monster like all that shit the whole theory behind the start of the goblin universe is like every cryptid thing like that is under the umbrella term of being a goblin and it's like people see that shit and go to like tell somebody else or whatever and it's gone or it's like you see bigfoot and then like years later or something, you see like the Loch Ness monster, but it's like the idea behind it is like, that is the same source of energy just through a different filter or a different mask or whatever. Or it's like, or you could get into simulation theory with like solipsism and be like, okay, every single person you know is just an entity or representation of like the same form of energy that just like changes shape. Like basically whatever's outside of this room right now hasn't rendered at all for me but the second i walk through that door everything that i need to see to be convinced that i'm living in the reality that i thought i've been living in my entire life is going to pop up it's basically it's video game logic basically I, i might be paraphrasing this a lot or blending in other philosophies but that's like the whole that's the whole question of like solicit solipsism is like it's the unanswerable question but let you me never you know this. let me ask you this are there any current theorists that are talking about this because i would like for somebody to reach out and get them on here because i would like i would like to confirm this is all shit already known this is like i get bored and freak out about existential shit and then i just gas myself up again by reading more philosophy shit and it's like oh people have been talking about this kind of stuff for like ever like as long as there have been people it just looks different because it's kind of influenced by like the technology that's available at the time but at the same time it's like as technology progresses and it becomes like reality becomes more absurd and unrecognizable it's like oh shit like this might all be possible like you think about how kurt vonnegut talks about things from the fourth dimensional perspective or Mm -hmm. i mean elon musk kind of touched on that too where it's like once you become like the closer we get to being capable of creating simulations that are this accurate it increases the likelihood that we are also just one of these it's like the same thing uh, like Rick and Morty, like the Teenyverse episode, where it's like the box that's an entire universe. And within that, there's somebody creating an entire universe. And within that, over enough time, somebody creates an entire universe. And it just goes on and on and on and on forever. And then you get into the whole idea of like quantum immortality, where like if you die, you just wake up somewhere else. Or like there's always two possible outcomes, one where you survive and one where you don't. And it's like the idea is that the transition between the two is so seamless that you don't even recognize a time where you almost just died your life just keeps on going and there's no way to disprove any of this shit it's like yeah some crazy people could just be making shit up and it's like yeah you'll never know so it's just like it's just a thought experiment for fun basically it's like oh i I don't find this to be be very fun because (laughs) well no it can be incredibly depressing because you get into the whole like that's where camus 
comes along and it's like, hey, man, like, why not be happy? Why not just drink another fucking cup of coffee? Like, you're still alive right now. Things aren't all that bad. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, I subscribe to I mean, I'm I would like to consider myself a disciple of Monsieur Camus. Um, but it's just kind of it, every now and again, it works me up because I get really pissed off about it. Yeah, but, I mean, because you, yeah. you're you're an intellectual person. You want answers. And most of the time when you've looked for answers in life, you can like, sure, you have to invest a lot of time and effort. But sure. like generally you can find something out. But it's like eventually it's like you realize this stuff only goes so far or eventually you're kind of a pioneer in some sense where you're standing on the edge of something and you don't even know how to turn what you're witnessing or what you're thinking into words that other people will understand. And this is a problem that I've had for a while because it's like, I talk to some people about this and they try to lock me up, dude. They think I'm fucking insane, but it's like yeah. how, like, I know I'm not the only person that's thought about this shit, no. but if you talk about it to the wrong fucking people, they will go crazy. It is so far out from whatever they think every day, whatever they experience every day, you are living in a different world than most of these people because your two perceptions are so completely different. And it's just like, it's so bizarre that at the end of the day, that doesn't really make much of a difference. So you kind of just have to find a way to cope with the weird shit that your brain comes up with. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's a good point, man. Um, I was, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this one. So Christopher found this article from, uh, uh, I guess uh, it's from CNBC, which is the least poisonous of their outlets because they <laughs> actually talk about a lot of business related material. But listen to this. So Professor, Dr. PhD in epidemiology and virology, Bill Gates. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> Not only inventing windows, but um, he's an expert in virology. Um, he has said once the Omicron Adinian variant passes, COVID will be more like the seasonal flu. And this is the kind of conversation we were talking about earlier where I was like this, like when we had this conversation, I said, this feels like signaling, like they're laying the groundwork, right? Like they're paving the road to say, okay, you know, the experiment is coming to a close. Like foreshadowing? Yeah, I think so. And here's the thing, man, I'm not saying COVID isn't real. I'm not saying it isn't real. I have a, a relative that that uh, is an ambulance driver. And in fact, uh, was in your line of work when you were posing as Randall for the longest period of time when you were in New York. <laughs> he was he was running calls too. Yeah. And he said a lot of people were really sick, and I do believe it. I'm not one of these deniers of like, oh, there's no such thing. No, I I not only do I think it's real. I think that the communist Chinese developed the weapon. That's my opinion. Okay. Because if you look like if you read um, the book that I had, I, I gave you, I don't like there, to build upon oh, it. The, you, the Russian bio, guy. Yeah. Biohazard. Yeah. I work for the KGB. Congrats. An effective virus, an effective virus, an effective biological agent. Is it just going to take one person off of the battlefield? It takes three people off of the battlefield. So not necessarily to kill people. But if you could get somebody to, 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 that gets sick that they have to take, there it is. That's from the Use Guys Library. Um, that one right there. Highly recommend. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know how to convey it any more clear that if this virus is intended, I mean, look, it disrupted the, like it literally shut the economy down. People lost generations of wealth that invested in businesses. And by generations, I mean your great-great-granddad coming over here from the boot, 
and opening up a pizza shop that doesn't sell river rat pizza sells decent pizza in some in you know hoboken new jersey or whatever respectable fucking pizza right exactly and now that business is gone forever because they had to shutter the doors or whatever name a business and how many of them had to shutter starting in march of 2020 up until when they uh his majesty you know in the government decided to start to allow people to do business which is which is absurd the whole thing was absurd but now absurd well, I mean, yeah, it truly it is. But the idea now, when when I read that, the first thing I saw, I, I thought was like they're they're getting ready. Why? Think about what's coming up. It's midterm season, baby. Midterms. That's right. I've already what's... seen uh fucking they're already starting with the like I know Michelle Obama was saying, Oh, the the midterms vote like your life depends on it like here we go is the election of your life that's right the most important election just like every last one (laughs) (laughs) oh i fucking hate it so much i I get so tired of hearing that shit like every fucking election is the election of your life but it's like your life depends on voting harder oh my god (laughs) yeah harder harder Harder, daddy Um, And it's no, like dude. how everybody, I don't understand how it's like you get gassed up thinking like, yeah, this one's going to be the one that's different. Like this one's going to be the one, like all of your hope goes into this. And then like, uh, I'm tired. I want to see something else. Like I, there, there's a sliver of hope and you know me, I hate <laughs> hope. I hate it. Yeah. It's dangerous. I have, I have none of it. <laughs> I have none of it. I am not hopeful for anything. I already know how this ends, but every now and again, a broken clock is right twice a day. So I'm listening on the bus. I was listening to Rogan. I don't have, I don't listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. I listen to Tim Dillon. Yeah. You listen to that one. I think Tim Dillon is probably the best comedian on the planet. And I think that he's smarter than Joe Rogan. I don't care what anybody (laughs) fucking says. Tim Dillon knows what the score is, but finally (laughs) Joe Rogan says, he goes, voting for president is largely like a WWE match. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Oh, that's right. Keith Preston came on to this show yep. two years ago and said the exact same thing. The benefit of that being said by Comrade Joe Rogan is that millions of people are going to hear that. And maybe out of those millions of people, we'll get a decent percentage of them to be like, you know what? Yeah, nothing ever. They never do anything for us. It's all bullshit anyway. The more people that we could get to not believe, to not invest their time, to not, but like he called it, it's like, it's, it's, it's football. It's politics is sport. Politics is sport for people. It's my team versus your team. You know what I mean? Only I find sport to be therapeutic uh, and it has value to me at least because I enjoy it. Even if my team doesn't win, I'm still enjoying the game. This but there's game people that like drink themselves to death when their team loses. And that's the part that like they're yeah, that's... operating at a much different level. Right. Like, and then it's not a game anymore. The way they people, see it. There's people who live and die by, by, by their political party being victorious or being vanquished. If the ballot box uh, results are, you know, a true reflection of the mood of the people. Um, so it is sport, essentially it is sport, but if Tim Dillon can have Joe Jose Rogan on 
and talk about how this is largely WWE. Maybe we're finally starting to crack the nut. Um, and then, of course, if people go, oh, yeah, well, what's going to happen when the people realize it's, it's a scam, then what? Well, I don't think anything will change. They're already in charge. What are they going to do? Pack up their tents and go somewhere else? You know what I mean? Like I oh, said, no. there's, there's only one solution to this problem. We all know the IRS is hurting, man. If we just don't pay our taxes this year, <laughs> <laughs> do you know that the IRS will accept uh, cash gifts? So the next time your communist friends uh, justify my roads and my schools, tell them that they can pay more if they really feel that strongly about it. They will accept your donation, cash, check, or money order. Does it knock anything off of what you owe? No. Or is it? Oh, okay. No. That's funny. What, that, no, that's funny you asked that. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, hey, like, you got to try. I'm not afraid to ask the stupid questions, Jay. Like, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it, and it might as well be us. Um, let's see. What else did Christopher Britt? Like, Christopher had a blitz last night. <laughs> like he i loved it because like I'm, I'm laying in bed and i'm watching this guy go around russia and look at stuff and like he has this belarusian girlfriend and you know anyway i'm not going to mention who he is it's a great it's a great thing i enjoy it he loves looking at like dilapidated soviet buildings and shit like that and like statues of lenin and then he makes fun of them and you know, it's good so next so from our friends up north no we the, we're not criticizing canadians i like poutine and I fucking love ice hockey. And my niece and my great niece live in Saskatchewan. So no, I also have a cousin that Angela that lives in British Columbia. And I also have family that's in Burlington, Ontario. This ain't a I hate Canada show, but mm -hmm. your government, much like ours, sucks balls. Okay. So listen <laughs> to this. Canada says vaccine mandates work as Quebec's unvaxxed tax leads to spike in first dose appointments. So when incentive and prodding fails, what right. do we go to next? Like when we force people to do something, it works. <laughs> when they we coerce them and threaten them, they, they go get the vaccine. It works, guys. It's crazy. Like, that's why I read the headline and I just I had to fucking laugh. I'm like, like, just like who, who says that? Like it, like it's like this brilliant fucking idea, you know. Like, oh, it's such a great idea. Like, <laughs> well, that, like you sound like a fucking asshole. If it comes from the right places, though, that people are used to reading, they'll be like, "Oh, like yeah, this newspaper yeah. that I've well, trusted Canada for my entire right, life." Like, but it says right here on CNN, you know, Canada said whenever they force people at gunpoint to do something, that they do it. <laughs> it's crazy, but no. And then if, you, if you read the it's, article, it's pure though, insanity. It says like no details about the amount that was going to be fined or levied against the people was released. They just said it would be a significant amount. And all these people are like, oh, shit, I'll go get it. It's like hollow threats. There's no specifics. They didn't come to a table with terms. They're not like sliding things back and forth, like agreeing to it or disagreeing. And it's like, I mean, they already have 99% of their public servants are vaccinated uh, on this on the federal level and I almost said state. I guess it would be province level. I don't know yeah, what the province. Yeah, province. Uh, They're a constitutional monarchy. Yeah. And so, like, and let's see. For the people hesitant or saying no, they're losing privileges to do certain things, like get on trains or planes, uh, like advancement in career opportunities or even holding jobs. But it's like, ah, like, oh, those are privileges. Um, 
but it's like yeah you can sit outside and do nothing if you're unvaccinated you can go fucking starve or learn how to farm in this shitty fucking tundra um like you you can't oh you can't buy weed or alcohol anymore if you're not vaccinated legally at least so it's like you can't even escape your shitty reality unless you get vaccinated so it's just like I don't know, man. No yeah. guns up there either, right? They just no. got rid of all those. No, like, they have you, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are in control. You have to apply to them. I, I believe that they have a total handgun ban, and uh, their long rifles. Um, uh, I believe you can have bolt action rifles, hunting shotguns, and um, some. I think there's some semi-automatic there that are allowed, but it's the uh, certain calibers are obviously are banned so if you're a fud um, it's cool but like everybody I mean, else i mean they have like they have large amounts of gun ownership in canada it's just not at u.s levels because they don't uh, their gun culture is very different from ours um remember they applied for uh freedom from great britain and they put the paperwork in and you know that parliament of westminster said all right i guess we'll let you go and um we kind of were like get the fuck out and started shooting at the cops <laughs> rabble 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 uh, that's something that pisses me off i know we talked about it a lot on this show before um i have a uh, an ancestor that uh, my sixth grade grandfather that was um, part of the connecticut militia that fought during the revolutionary war um and um your inheritance is rebellion. Even if you're an immigrant that just literally got here yesterday and got your papers today and became an American, you are also an inheritor of that. You're supposed to be inheriting that rebellious spirit, that revolutionary fire is supposed to burn in, in all of us. Like, remember, I don't know if you guys are, uh, are familiar with Baron von Steuben. He was the Prussian uh, officer that George Washington hired to drill the men, uh, the Continental Army at Valley Forge. And he used to get so incredibly frustrated with Americans because when he told them to do something and the interpreter told the men, the men would answer him, why? <laughs> they, they were like, you have, to, you have to demonstrate why this makes sense. He was from Prussia, German discipline. You don't ask why, you just fucking do it. And here, you know, in the midst of the Revolutionary War, these, these individuals that were in the Continental Army were like, you have to demonstrate why we should be listening to you and why this is a good idea. He hated that. That's part of that revolutionary inheritance. It doesn't matter if, like, think about John Brown, right? And uh, trying to arm the slaves. And who was there to oversee his execution? It was, um, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee in the Federal Army, who oversaw his execution because he tried to arm slaves at Harper's Ferry. That's part of that revolutionary spirit. Uh, Harriet Tubman, that's part of that revolutionary spirit. That's that American revolutionary spirit, right? The one that doesn't stop just at words that all men are created equal, endowed by the creator's certain inalienable rights. It's the action thereof, right? So we all have that. Malcolm X, that revolutionary spirit. That's we're all supposed to be the inheritors of these great ideas, these, you know, great individuals who had that revolutionary fire in them. Look around now and see if that's around in most of us. Well, now you now you're a rebel by buying Levi's and bleaching your fucking jean jacket right. and fucking dyeing your hair and like conforming but, and consuming brands that like right. advertise in a rebellious way. And it's like you get to do all the 
you get the feeling without having to do any of the hard work. And it's like, I understand that I am also a part of that. <laughs> like I get that. I'm not like the one guy, like Reve- the revolution light. <laughs> but yeah. But it's like, Oh, you sell the revolution to them and then they have nothing. Well, I think, you know, I'm not saying anything that you're saying is wrong. Um, but to be cognizant of that. And also think about this too. Like all, all three of us here, are avid punk rock fans. Most punk bands lost. Punk was supposed to be, that's a real uh, bastion of, of anarchist thought, of individualism, of, of individual liberty, of this freedom to fuck the system, fuck the man, fuck the cops, fuck whatever your parents were telling you to do. You know, this is, you know, think for yourself. There is only one authority and it's you. Um, that's been co-opted there's only a few bands big like i'm talking about large bands. i'm talking local acts but like think about it, if you guys have heard of anti-flag anti-flag is one group that i think is stuck to their guns with that but um green day green day which christopher and i loved in high school i i still think dookie's one of the best albums that that at punk rock but i mean it's kind of poppy but that's fine it was a lot of fun it was a good yeah, album yeah. a lot of yeah. it was it was fun it, it it got people into punk rock. Um, they they sold out. They sold out. And then my favorite is all of the fucking douchebags that I went to high school with. My I went to high school in the suburbs of Akron, wearing Che Guevara shirts from Rage Against the Machine shows that they never went to. <laughs> the and music's t- good, man. <laughs> the music is amazing. Tom Morello <laughs> is a fucking cuck. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the grip. <laughs> Total. Yeah. Total grip. Fucking a bunch of champagne socialists. They're the musicians that it's AOC, but on stage at a punk show. Like it's the, right. <laughs> like a millionaire is standing there with his telecaster with a hammer and sickle uh, sticker on it. Right. Like are you, and he's also isn't he doing like op eds for like New York Times now or some shit like that? Yes. And well, they totally master class. Yeah. Like. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, at least Della Rocha had the decency to fucking disappear to the mountains or do whatever the fuck he does. I thought he was right. dead. I think I, you brought that yeah, up before, and I thought he was dead before, yeah, too. He's not dead. No, he's alive, and he's very wealthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's Good alive, very wealthy, and has like, a mansion in L.A. So. Goddamn. <laughs> Rage against the machine, baby. Rage They're on to the- something, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I- I'll never forget. Like, I have a dear friend of mine who went to Revere High School which is the high school that Jeffrey Dahmer went to for those of you who were into that sort of things. In fact, I dated a girl in uh, high school, my freshman year. We were friends since like, ni- like 1992. Her mom graduated at, from Revere High School. I have a picture of my friend Liz's mom and Jeffrey Dahmer going to prom. Yes, sir. The reason why she lived is because Jeff liked fucking men, okay? And raping men, not ladies. He was probably feeling it out, decided Liz's mom is not for him, moved on with his life and decided to, you know, torture animals, and do whatever else. It's crazy. But what do you anyway, think the day that news broke, like, what do you think that was like for her? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I must be surprised. That's got to be fucking insane. Oh, I agree. That's like one of those things when it's like, oh, how close do you come to death all the time and not know it? And then you have like, bam, like this guy right here. Like, this like, fucking guy. Probably yeah, made her blood run cold. 
That's I would say so. Fucking insane. Yeah. I wish I, I I mean I wish I would have asked her back then. She's she's deceased. I met her twice when in ninth grade. I would tell everybody, every new person I met, I'd be like, I went to prom with Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, how fucking insane is that? It like, is insane. But here's the thing. So, like, my buddy went to Revere High School. Those of you who know where Revere High School is, it is in the township of Bath. Now, why do I say it that way? Well, <laughs> because Bath is fucking as bourgeois as you. You know how, like, uh, high school's have this thing called open enrollment so like if you're from akron and you're from like north hill which is not very good and you want you want to go to say another school say copley high school which is in fairlawn ohio fairly you can do that it's called open enrollment revere high school you have to live in bath to go to revere high school you we don't let outsiders come in here see that's not going to happen no that's a, they're totally like you want to talk about the like they're not even bourgeois they're the ones who employ the bourgeoisie okay that's where jabron has his house okay jabron jabron's house you could drive Jabron right lambs yeah um lacan shames la billionaire socialist um <laughs> right he he his house is on the bath side uh because route 18 uh, which those of you who are not from the great, the glorious northeastern motherland of Ohio, Route 18 runs east to west. Well, east to west means that there's a north side to the highway and a south side to the highway. Well, at the intersection of 77, which is a federal interstate highway, and 18, if you travel less than a quarter mile to the west of this, you make a right. And on that road is Bath Township because north side of Route 18 is Bath Township. Gibran's house is right there on the left. They have like the guardhouse, they have the gate and the guardhouse. And then they, he has his own like electrical station or something like that so that he always has power. Like a substation? Sort of, yeah, on the property. Huh. So, yeah, you can drive past it today. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, I think he's in L.A. right now because basketball. I don't watch basketball, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, I remember kids... Because I hunt my, my one of my one of my uh, my closest friends, someone I'm still he's a dear friend of mine, lives in Naples, Florida now. Um, he went to Revere High School, and I would hang out with his friends, and we would you know smoke dope and you know drive around with the lights off and drink beer and do all the normal things that idiots do when they're kids. <laughs> um, and they all had Rage Against the Machine shirts, and even back then, as a, as a socialist in high school, I'm like, you guys don't get it, do you? Like, we're gonna kill your parents. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna kill your family like you people are the problem and you're wearing meanwhile i also lived in a suburb not as quite as bougie and hoity-toity as bath but definitely a lot nicer than say uh you know the west side of akron you know but um or, or the was, east side of cleveland <laughs> or the east yeah no definitely not on those but i always found that funny like even when i was as a uh, as a kid i was a um a member of the Young Socialist League or the League of Revolutionaries for a New America, I think it was called. And then I graduated, I finally purchased by money order, um, a member of the Socialist Workers Party, no, Social, yeah, Socialist Party of the United States. I didn't join the Communist Party because I was pretty sure I'd be blacklisted. Because when you're a kid, you think everybody's coming after you. Meanwhile, at that time, nobody cared because there were like 15 members. 
You know what I mean? They're like, sure, go ahead and join. We, we go, you're gonna bag groceries anyway, right? Oswald so, defected yeah. to the literal communists and came back. I think you're fine. Yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Great point. <laughs> so, like, even back then, I would see like you know they would be playing these playing um the tapes in the car for those of you children. Uh, there are these things called t- cassette tapes, and you would put into a tape player because not everybody had CDs. I know that that's even old for you. Uh, for some of you anyway, but they, they would play these songs and like wear these Che Guevara shirts. And I'm like, you guys play for the wrong team. Like, like, and meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this will not save them. When I'm in charge, I will shoot them myself. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little petty tyrant yourself. Oh, I, I was a socialist. Charge, I will shoot them myself. That's right. I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm going to confiscate their property and... <laughs> You know, I'm an intellectual comrade. I am not meant for manual labor. I am here to write poetry. Um, <laughs> I'm here to write poetry. Those are my Good. favorite. Memes. We have an opening at the mining camp. <laughs> Christopher, those are my favorite memes with the like the pink haired, like angry, like libtard. Oh, yeah. And being yeah. like, oh, finally, the revolution's successful. I could get back to writing. And then it has like the, the, the Red Army soldier staring at them in the next block. It's like, I can start writing, right? right and it's like go to salt mine you know what i mean something to that effect like, yeah yeah you I'm are not... you are to harvest beets from the cold permafrost that's right yeah that's right so um yeah so that was um that was interesting back in the day so yeah fuck rates against the machine great music uh complete toolboxes for humans um if they had any decency they donate all their wealth I mean, if you really want to practice what you preach, have the courage of your convictions. Bingo. The greatest phrase, the greatest phrase, courage of your conviction. Mm-hmm. That's why I have none. So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> right. No, I do. That way to. I could be, I could be a coward and I have nothing to be That's ashamed right. of. <laughs> no, we do live by our convictions. We leave people alone and we expect the right. same in turn. Right. Um, Except I don't ever get left alone. No, you never will. But uh, we're no. doing our best. Drink another cup of coffee because the alternative is far worse. I mean, while ice cream is available, the revolution will not take place. While Dairy Queen can shell out blizzards filled with candy, the revolution will not happen. That's not the with, line. That's the hill. Not, <laughs> that's the, that's dude, the line. that's how you get me. Like, I was mad <laughs> when they took the fucking friendlies out of fucking Fairlong. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is a crime. This will not this, stand. But, you know, Dairy Queen is open. So I'm like, well, I can still get the Reese Peanut Buttercup Blizzard with extra stuff in it for four extra dollars or whatever they charge. But I pay it. It's a drug. I'm addicted. Uh, right. Go fuck yourself. See, um, as, speaking of Blizzard, since we're on the subject. Go on. Because I get the extra stuff too, man. So when we're talking Dairy Queen, man. You change the soft serve from vanilla to chocolate. Mm. You get Reese Cups. Mm. Oreos and, and peanut butter syrup. That damn. You trying that. to get fucked over here? <laughs> I'm trying damn to damn. get fucked over here. You're trying you trying know to get fucked? <laughs> I got a box full of rubbers and some lube. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god, that sounds amazing. I mean, it's, yeah, the, I, the the chocolate, right? The no, we're talking about getting fucked now. We've moved yeah. beyond the blizzards. Yeah. Yeah. Blizzards get you in the door. All right. Yeah, you had me right? soft serve. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing soft about it, honey. <laughs> no, you're about to find out this hard dip. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, I don't. Uh, oh, I don't have funny. anything else. I look forward to the day that Joe Rogan becomes emperor, forces me <laughs> to eat elk oh, meat. No mandatory jujitsu sounds cool though. Like I'm not gonna lie, I could learn yeah. some. I would. Yeah, no, 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 we all could. We all could. I, and as someone, we're all who, going to the elk meat social. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't. Uh, in Rogan, we trust. In Rogan, we trust. God save Rogan. <laughs> yeah, God um, save Rogan. I uh, Tim Dillon as his uh, his viceroy and uh, press secretary. Can you imagine Tim Dillon and his press secretary? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's that would be beautiful. I think I, that's I, the right. only way I could accept and like actually be happy with a government. It's like, oh, it's just openly a joke now. Like Tim Dillon. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Like let's see right. what you can do. Like go crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, have a ball. Make them laugh. <laughs> Isn't that what Oscar uh, Wilde said? It's like uh, if you're going to tell people the truth, make them laugh, or they'll kill you. <laughs> That's what Oscar Wilde said, and I believe him. So, um, I don't have anything else, gentlemen. Before we wrap it up, I know we went a little bit over today. Um, Christopher, do you have anything else? Nope, nothing else. Uh, still recording the band. So, uh, fuck yeah definitely once we're getting close to the end and we commission the artwork uh and it's ready like i'll definitely be announcing like once we have a solid date uh for like i'm i'm hoping probably early spring would be my best prediction right now but excellent we're putting no, that's in the good work. we're putting in the work excellent i'm glad to hear it brian uh I don't know. I'm I'm happy. I feel like this one. I feel like this one. We like broke out of the depression a little bit. Like I feel like I don't. I, this is just me speaking, but I feel like collectively. I don't even just mean us, but like it seems like everybody I know recently. It's like everybody feels like shit. Everybody's sick. I don't know if it's just because it's winter time and it's like the weather's all fucked up and weird and it's just like gray and muddy and shit just in the area. Like everybody's sad as fuck. I'm kind of tired of it, but I don't really have any solutions either. But it's like, this is nice. I'm happy. I'm happy today. Like, I feel I feel a little bit crazier than normal, which is good. I kind of missed it. It shook things up a little bit. Good. So, yeah, I'm grateful. Well, good, man. That's, hey, listen, uh, I can, uh, there's been plenty of times I get onto this fucking podcast. I'm in a bad mood. And by the time uh, we check out, I feel a lot better. So, um, it's yeah. good. It's good. I hope that uh, the listeners enjoyed the therapy with uh, us guys. Um, I don't have anything else either. So I would just like to say thank you to our sponsors. Uh, IPA, IPA in Akron, where all accidents are happy accidents. And of course, Ray Faba, who does fine art and design from the Great Lakes and Team Mandalore, who keeps cycling weird. I would also like to call to attention, ladies and gentlemen, that it is now approaching the Ides of January, the middle of January which means that Valentine's Day is not too far away. What is Valentine's Day? Well, for some of us, it's very sad. Some of us don't have anybody to celebrate with, no one to go out to dinner with, or in my case, if you're married, we eat at home because we're not going out with the rest of you motherfuckers and we enjoy spending time with each other. But for those of you, including myself, you should have a clean ass that increases your chances of having your dung ditch dredged Perhaps your your balls and uh, your cock and you know whatever you know whatever you are and identify as somebody will play with them if they smell nice. The chances go up exponentially. My friend Todd from Akron Apothecary and his very very gay soap made from gay hands, cold pressed for your asshole, your genitals, your underboob, 
your your folds and the fats, the crevices, the places where sweat gets stuck and stink thrives. My friend Todd and his soap can kill that. It also kills all variants of the coronavirus that gets stuck in your rectum, your asshole. You get that soap in there. There is no more coronavirus in your asshole. So your significant other or others can tongue your dung ditch with impunity. No worries about getting sick. Please check out AkronApothecary.com and uh, patronize my friend Todd. I just texted him today. I said, do you have soap? He says, yes, I've got soap. So soap is available. Um, for those of you that won the gay soap giveaway, uh, you know who you are, like Jade and um, Elliot uh, and Valerie. And um, I, I know that I'm missing one other person. I'm sorry. I don't have a list in front of me. I'm doing it from memory. Um, the soap should be mailed out this weekend. So I know there's a bit of a delay. I was sick. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity to do anything except lay around and feel sorry for myself. And, you know, that's about it. I'm getting back on the horse. Um, I'm going to uh, mail out the soap for the winners. So hold tight, hold fast, and don't worry. Your clean ass is on the way. Um, I don't have anything else, so please patronize our sponsors. Don't be a fucking asshole. And get, on, get on the Patreon and throw us $2. You get extra content. As soon as somebody else signs up, I'll start making B-sides. I'll do them by myself. I'll do them in the nude. No, not really, but I'll wear a shirt. Um, no, seriously, get on the Patreon, throw us a couple of dollars and we will make you more fucking content. Okay. We even will invite you to be on for the content. Okay. But, but throw us a few dollars, try to keep the fucking lights on. Okay. Don't be an asshole. We give you a lot of really good content. Throw us $2, $2 ain't much. It ain't much. It's extra stuff at Dairy Queen. If you have two, you have four. And if you have four, you have six. If you have six, you have yourself a fucking blizzard. That's all I have. Please check out the website, working on the blog. I know I've said that before, but I really am. Um, and that's about it. Don't forget to download, subscribe across all platforms. And please enjoy Todd's Gay Soap because it is soap for that ass. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure. Gentlemen, sorry that Angel couldn't join us today. She's been under the weather. Uh, love everybody. Love you guys. Take it easy. And please wash your ass.